welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today I want to talk a little bit about a trend that we're seeing a little bit more. This was posted on the Christian Post, and uh, the article dated Monday, July 24th is titled, Americans Placing More Emphasis on Hobbies, Money, and Community, Less on Religion. So it's a it's a poll that um, who is it Gallup poll sh- uh, survey conducted in June of this year. Just one thousand adults, extraordinarily small sample size. So it's questionable what we can earn from it. Although they did say they have all fifty states and DC shows ninety six percent of Americans rank their families as extremely or uh, very important. That's the good news. The same share of Americans rank their family as extremely or very important in 2001 to 2002. So from about 22 years ago, I'll just round that off to 20 years ago, people cared about amount, at least on lip service, to their family, which honestly is a really good thing. The fact that that hasn't shifted tells us that families themselves are still very important in our society. So that is really good. But religion fell 7% from 65% to 58 over the same period of time. So in 20 years, religion became less sig- significantly important to various families. And uh, another one says that 32% of Americans said community activities were extremely or very important by the end of 2022. But in 2023, that jumps to 55%, representing a 23% increase in how Americans value community activities. So hobbies and recreational activities increased by 13% from 48 to 61%. Money increased from 67% to 79%. Work increased from 74% to 83%. And the priority placed on friends increased from 74 to 78, while the focus on health increased from 90 to 92%. So uh, that's just uh, some general ideas of what's going on in our culture. And it's a very interesting study to look at, saying that religion has declined while the importance of all of these other elements of life has increased. And I wanted to talk a little bit about where and how, what the significance of this is and what it could mean and and what the scripture would have to say. So first and foremost, we're going to start by saying this. I think that uh, the shift that occurred, now that was 20-year poll, 22, 23-year poll. In the middle of that time, or rather somewhat in the beginning, around 2008 to 2010, there was a huge cultural shift that occurred that had serious and significant impact on people. And we have to remember this. In Scripture, we're told over and over, it is those who persevere are those who are saved. It's not those who made a profession of faith in vacation Bible school. It's not those who warm a church pew on Sunday morning or a chair or a table at modern-day churches. But what we have is um, what we have is this this idea in America that you just show up at a church and that's good. You've done your religiosity. The problem is if that's the way you live your religious life, then your religion is worthless. Okay. Worthless religion is meaningless religion. And so when people started living that way, then what happened is they saw that religion, quote, wasn't working for them. And so they went out to get other places where the community events, they could do all the same things you did at church, but you're allowed to drop the F-bomb every once in a while. And that 
catered to people's carnal sensualities. And that really is uh, the reality of it, is people moved away from churches. The second major problem is that churches themselves became re more representative of social clubs and less representative of following Christ in that same period of time. But that really significant event I mentioned is this. Between 2008 and 2010, we saw a major tech revolution. The first is the proliferation of smartphones and tablets. Okay, prior to that, you had Blackberries, the iPhones were just coming out. But even for you young people who are like, oh, iPhones were around since then. You have to understand this. When a new technology hits, it does not immediately everyone goes out and buys one. When the first iPhone came out, it was so limited on networks and so costly, nobody got them. It wasn't until the cheap Android started coming out two and three and four years later that people actually started to get smartphones. So while smartphones, yes, technically did exist, 2006-ish or so is when they first came out, 2007-ish, Blackberries were a thing. They were very, very rare to own because they were very expensive. They required specialized cell plans, and they only worked on certain carriers. And so the proliferation of those didn't start happening until 2008 to 2010 is when those became cost-effective enough and worked on enough carriers for people to buy them. The second thing that happened that period of time is the advent of social media. Again, going back, MySpace does predate that a little bit, but MySpace wasn't widely used by absolutely everybody. It was still some weird niche thing. Nobody really understood social media or what it was or what it was for. And people didn't jump on. It was when Facebook opened up for the general public. I think that was 2008. Um, don't quote me exactly, but I think that was around the date. Then we started to see this mass proliferation of social media. And then you had the Twitter jump on. And then you had a few other social medias come up. And so everyone jumps onto these social media platforms. But then the third thing, the glue that allowed all this happen, is this is really when broadband internet went mainstream. Prior to that, you would have dial-up in your home. You might have a really slow DSL line. You could have even gotten cable internet, although it was pretty expensive. Most people still relied on dial-up. Even then, cable and DSL were not particularly fast. Cell phones were 3G at best, which is a very slow network speed. And so, internet wasn't as readily available. Most people still had a computer at home that wasn't perpetually on. You had to go home, turn it on. You did a lot of fun things on your computer. And if you wanted to go check your email, before you open your email program to instantly connect to the internet, you actually had to turn on the internet. And in 2008 to 2010, with the proliferation of smartphones and tablets, the social media, and the broadband internet, people became highly distracted. So what happened is everyone else who's warming church pews or otherwise attending church because that's what they're supposed to do, now they are distracted by social media. You see people coming in with their phones like, I have every Bible translation in the world. And you true, you do, that's true. But you also have 15,000 games at your instant disposal. And whereas in the old days of when I was in college and my first couple years as a college professor predating these periods of time, we saw students sitting in the hallway reading books or talking to people. And I was a college professor right when this revolution was happening. And then I started seeing every student was just on a phone 
not studying, not redeeming the time of those extra spare minutes to get in a few extra pieces of study. They were in there engaging in all of this social nonsense. And what happened is it really showed that most people, as the Bible says in Matthew 7, the, the, the road to heaven is a narrow gate but many enter the wide gate. Well, many people who were doing the religiosity type things, many of those people doing those religiosity type things, they walked in the wide gate of being fully distracted and they really walked away from all this. They started putting in their time. Religion was meaningless, so they left the church to do that. So while the 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 separating of the chaff and the wheat really happened in 2008 to 2010, it was COVID in 2020 that caused the wind that blew all the chaff away, which led to many churches starting to die, many churches getting smaller, and sadly, many of the churches that survived turned into those social things that people wanted rather than focusing themselves on Jesus Christ, which is offensive to the world. And these are the churches that are trying not to offend the world. So what is happening here is there is an actually the playing out of a parable. And so we're going to look at that. We're not going to look at the whole parable uh, because we only have about a minute left. But this is Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. Four seeds go out, and I deal with this in my book, Testing and Temptations. You can find a link to order that down below. Uh, Testing and Temptations, we talk in there about the, the meaning of this parable, and different people have interpreted it in different ways, and somebody gave me something to think about it, but I still don't think they persuaded my idea on this. First is those seed that falls on the fertile soil. Like There's these gardens all behind me right here where I'm recording this, and there's all sorts of fertile fruit growing up. Some of it falls on the rocky path. Those are two very easy seeds to deal with. These ones are the Christians. The rocky path are the non-Christians. Easy to deal with. How do you deal with the other two? One of those falls on shallow soil. They raise up quickly, but they also died quickly because there was no depth of soil. So in verse 6, uh, Matthew 13, verse 6, when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Now, I look at that withering away and say, these are not believers. These are the people that show up at your church. They're super excited. They're on fire for Jesus. They're going to change the world for Jesus Christ. And you never see them again. If you've been around churches long enough, you've seen a few of those people. I don't think that those people are saved. I think they get in there, they get excited about something in the church, but they have no perseverance. Remember, those who persevere are those who receive the crown of life, which he promised to those who love him. Okay, and several times in Revelation, many other scriptures, those who persevere are those who are saved. Those who do not persevere to the end, to their death or to the persecution or through the tribulation, they will not be the ones in heaven. You must, you cannot say, oh, I made my prayer of salvation in VBS's eighth grade or in, in, you know, in eight years old and I'm saved for life. No, it is those who persevere. This is a person who is not persevering. They're not saved. Now, this is the other seed that somebody gave me something to think about, but um, I'm not, I, I could possibly be persuaded that this person could possibly be saved, but um, we have a hard road to hoe. Uh, this is verse 7. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. Now, because it says the thorns came up and choked them out, I lean towards these are not saved people. So I said, well, you can have thorns growing up and fruit in there. It still has a little bit of fruit, just hard to get to and all this kind of stuff. I hear that argument, but I'm not completely sure I buy it. I could be persuaded one way or the other on the conviction of other scriptures. But as far as I understand it and I read the text, it says they are choked 
out, meaning they are not producing any fruit. Those people, in my opinion, right now, could be persuaded to be changed with good, solid scriptural analysis, are not saved people. And I think that that, that thorns is what happened in 2008 to 2010 that happened in the time between this survey that caused people to be focused on religion and then, eh, religion is useless because I'm using it as a social club anyway. Let's just go to the social club. I can do the same activities and drop the F-bomb from time to time. And nobody's talking about that offensive Jesus person. And the reality is those people might still be finding them some, some temporary existential fulfillment in life. But they are going to find themselves on the wrong side of the final decisions at the end of times. And so that's why I encourage you to focus instead on Christ and the gospel rather than just focusing on the fun and the pleasure. Because those who seek your fun and your pleasure, those are the people who have given up the cause of Christ. And all of the distractions of the world, all the social media, all the consumerism, all the fun activities, all of these things, these are the things that interfere with us drawing close to God. And that is, in my opinion, why we're seeing such a shift. We have to walk away from that. We have to instead not be choked up by the weeds. We have to be in fertile soil and abiding in the vine. Read John chapter 15 as well. We're not going to go into it here because we're over time. Uh, but it just talks about abiding in him and remaining in him. Okay, and that's really the, the point and the principle here is that we must abide in Christ. With that, thank you for watching. Have a look over at the website, rwalkingchrist.com. Sign up for the newsletter there. Uh, new stuff coming out soon. And uh, with that, thanks for watching and hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walking Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkingchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkingchrist.com.